Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to uh, Acts chapter 15, starting in verse 36. Acts 15, starting in verse 36. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? Then after some days, Paul and Barnabas, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. And now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia, and had had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our gracious Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be here today. Father, through the reading of your word and through our hearts together, Father, may you be glorified. May you open our hearts and open our minds to the leading of your word. Father, we pray all of this in the name of him, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated, but please leave your Bibles open. Um, Many of you know that that uh, I'm originally from from western New York um, up near Buffalo um, Attica actually to be exact and um, uh, my mom and dad um, when they retired my honor not honor pardon can you hear me my honor okay um, my mom and dad um, after they retired, decided to retire to Florida, and they retired in, in um, over to Cocoa. Um, had a nice little place there, and and, uh, and they were doing great. Um, when we de- when Shirley and I decided to move to Florida, uh, we kind of invaded them. Um, it really wasn't something that they planned on. In fact, I think they thought they were rid of us. But um, um, I, I gave him a call one day and said, hey, guess who's coming to dinner? And, um, and, and we moved down to Florida. Listen, I, if, if you're from the north, there is, there comes a time in your life when you find out, I hate snow. I mean, there just is. And I was tired of working in it constantly. And, and I didn't want to do that. So we ended up moving to Florida. We moved in with mom and dad for a couple of weeks, found a place to go, um, to live. And, and we moved there and, and we were only in Cocoa for probably about, um, six months maybe, and then we moved over here. Um, and and we had, a, you know, the, the relationship with my parents. Um, you know, a few times a, a month we would drive over 
maybe and 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 see mom and dad and visit with them on a Sunday afternoon or whatever. And and it was nice. Mom and dad got older. Of course, everybody does. And and there came the time when my brother, um, who uh, has has been here before, um, thought that that mom and dad were getting a little bit too old to be by themselves over in in uh, on the East Coast. And so there was a um, more of an not really an assisted living, but a nice apartment complex that was near where he lived. And and he suggested to them that they come up, come back up, and and live there. And he would be less than a mile away from them, where here we are, we're across the state. Mom instantly wanted to go. Dad didn't. Um, Dad loved heat. <laughs> and, and he loved, he loved the, uh, the Florida weather. Mom, mom, uh, didn't, didn't like it so much. And, and so, you know, Dad, Dad always said, hey, listen, if I, if I win the lottery, um, I'll, I'll put in central air in the trailer here, you know? So, I mean, he, that's, you know, that's, that's, a, they had such a, oh, they had a wonderful relationship. But anyway, they moved north. Mom wanted to go, and so they went. And, and, and I gotta admit, when they left, um, I was mad at my brother. Boy, was, was I hot. Um, took my mama and daddy away and, and took them up north. But listen, let me tell you something. Um, when they moved up there, um, they were very close to, to my brother. My, my sister-in-law at the time had battled breast cancer for, 15 years probably um, and and but but you know she was she was winning this and and after mom and dad had moved back up there and they had been there for a while um, Pat <clears throat> it came back and it 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 came back with a with a flurry it was hard and and um, and Patty passed away wonderful wonderful Christian woman Grief. She was just a wonderful Christian woman. She really got the grace part, guys. Um, Mom and Dad were such a help and and such a um, a blessing to my brother and and Patty when she was alive, and to the family when when they were there. Pat wasn't wasn't sick when they went up there, but this this came after. And, and all of the things that they went through as a family was, um, was, was hard enough. But mom and dad were there. And they were that, they were that helping hand that, that Danny needed. Um, when, when he was going through, when they were both going through all of this. And, and they were there when they were needed the most. Um, I got over being mad at my brother. That that didn't. I love my brother too much. I just couldn't stay mad at him. But but it was it was almost as if God planned on them being there at that particular time. Did God move them there for that future purpose? I don't know. I'm not really sure. Was it the providence of God, the foreseeing of what was coming, that he put them there? 
You know, I, I could say that I don't know, but I would say yes. That, that God, that God moved them there for that purpose. And you know, you could say that, that, that we and ourselves are, are short-sighted to the results of anything, anything in our lives, whether it would be good or whether it would be bad. When, when we have something happen in our lives, this is as far as we see. We see the, the immediate. We see what is right before our nose. We don't see what, what the long range effects of, of, of things that are happening in our lives, how that's going to affect us. You know, if, if we believe that, that, that God is in control, then regardless of what is happening in our lives, do we understand whether it's good or whether it's bad? Are we hypocritical to say that God is in control and then, and then fall apart when things happen in our lives? You understand that. Because all of us will sit here at one time or another and, and say that God is in control. God is in control when things are good. Is God in control when things are bad? I heard a great analogy, um, uh, during the week, it was uh, Dr. David Jeremiah. I happened to be listening on the radio when he, when he was doing a sermon. And he said, he said uh, uh, when you're riding on a train and that train goes into a tunnel do you, and, and the lights go out, it's dark inside that tunnel. Do you bail out? Do you jump off the train? Of course not. You trust the engineer. How are we in, in our lives when things go dark? Do we, do we trust, do we trust the engineer? Or do we bail? You see, Paul and Barnabas, the splitting up of, of the team. You would look at that and you would say, wait a minute, this, this, this team, Paul and Barnabas, that's, uh, uh, uh to, to uh, quote Forrest Gump, that, that's peas and carrots. You know, that's, God put this team together. Um, and now it's, it's coming apart. And the Holy Spirit had, had, had come um, to those at Antioch and they had laid hands on them and Paul and Barnabas had gone off together uh, and they were made, they were changing lives. They were going to areas, they were starting churches, they were doing the work that God had called them to do. They'd accomplished so much through the Lord. But who's to blame here? As, as Paul and Barnabas reach this impasse, who, who's to blame for the, for the falling out between these two, between Paul and Barnabas? Does it really matter? Does it really matter on whose fault it, it, it was? Do you remember in, in Leicester when, when they were going to um, uh, sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas, and they ran out amongst them, and they said, "Listen, don't do this. Don't don't sacrifice to us. We're no one special. We're no different than you are, and you wouldn't sacrifice to yourself. Don't do it to us." Paul and Barnabas were men; they were no different than than you are or that that I am. They were men. They had faults. But Barnabas here, he wants to take John Mark. 
with them on, on their next journey. To head back out to the churches. He wants Mark to go with them. Mark, you know, Mark is the one who wrote the Gospel of Mark. But Mark had some growing up to do. And Paul remembers, all Paul remembers is that, is that Mark, when he was out with them before, and, and as they were out in there in the heat of the battle, Mark got homesick and wanted to go home. And so Barnabas was forgiving of this. And Paul, he wasn't too good at the forgetting part. He wasn't going to take John Mark back out and have him quit on him again. He wasn't going to do it. But you see, as it says in Scripture, and I won't read it again, I read it to you once here, but this became a heated disagreement. Paul and, and Barnabas, the two, the two that God had called to this ministry, it was a heated exchange. It, there was, there was, they were mad at each other. Paul chose Silas and was commended by the brethren around them to go with him. Paul and Silas. Barnabas, Barnabas took John Mark and he left. And he went to Cyprus. But now, folks, you would look at this and say, well, God put them together, but now man is tearing them apart. But yet, I guess God wasn't in control of that. Because, because now look what happened. God put them together, man tore them apart. It's, God can't put them back together. They've gone separate directions. So you gotta look at it and you gotta say, well, what is the result of this? What is the result of, of this parting? Some, some might look at this as a failure on, on Paul and, and on Barnabas. A failure to be able to go to the Lord and to settle their differences in prayer. To go and take this difference to the Lord and have Him settle it. Paul would think that surely if we took this to the Lord, that the Lord would side with him and, and, and John Mark would be told to go someplace else. Of course. That's not, that's not what happened. Folks, I don't know if in your life you, you have ever looked at, at something and when, when something bad has happened in your life and you've looked later and that you see where God has done something good through that bad. It's where he has taken something that you could never see because, because this is as far as you could see. You see, the obvious here is that Barnabas didn't stop the ministry. John Mark didn't stop in the ministry. Now you've got two teams that are spreading the gospel. And, and, and Silas was there to replace Barnabas. And, and Paul was able to pick up with Silas and he was able to go out. And he was able to go and to spread the message again. But now, now you've got two teams. Two teams that were going to be out there. You see, I want you to see how God works in, in their lives. In their lives and, and also in our lives. See, sometimes we can't see, we, not sometimes, we can't see the future. We have to live the future before we can see what, what God has done in, in our lives. You know, the problems that they were having was almost something that was in, inevitable to happen. 
the problems between Paul and Barnabas were. This, this was something that was going to happen. Because you see, John, Mark, and Barnabas were, were cousins. Blood is thicker than water. Blood is thicker than ministry? I don't know. I don't know. But, but Barnabas wanted Mark, and, and Paul didn't. This was going to come at, at one time or another. It was going to happen. But when you look at the turn of, of the events that God had been doing, in, in over the weeks as, as we've been going through the book of Acts and, and looking at the ministry that, that has been going on, where Paul goes into an area and, and, and he's preaching grace. Guys, they go into an area, they start a church, he preaches grace. And then in behind him come the Judaizers. And they start preaching behind him, saying, Paul is okay, he's preaching grace, that's good, but you still got to follow the law. You still have to do the, the, the law of Moses in order to be saved. Which turned them into going into Jerusalem and going for the Jerusalem council. And now through the Jerusalem council, everybody was preaching grace. It had, they had to go through this. Sometimes there has to be a darkness. Sometimes there has to be a fight. Sometimes these things have to happen in order for God to do His work. Because all of the apostles weren't, weren't all preaching grace. They had to have the Jerusalem council happen so that they could come together and they could find out what grace really was. But they had to have the Jews come in behind Paul and preach the law in order for that to happen. They had to have turmoil. They had to come together like this. Paul and Barnabas, because of, of their failure to see eye to eye, allowed God to bring Mark and Silas in, into the picture and to be part of, of the answer in splitting them up and, and having more of a ministry team than what they had before. And actually, when you look at it, the preaching of the gospel was strengthened through this. The gospel was strengthened through what was happening here. You see, this is to tell you that in some of, of our darkest hours, in some of the darkest hours that you will ever go through, God can see clearly. We can't, but He does. And, and in some of our darkest hours, God does His greatest work. Even when you have caused the darkness, you see, the darkness that we face a lot of times people is not due to someone else. Sometimes the darkness that we face is our own fault. It's through, it's through who we are as humans. Like it would be with Paul and with Barnabas in the fighting over John Mark. In Paul being unable to, to accept Mark because of what Mark had done in the past. That's, that is just so, so human. But isn't that what we are? And even through that, God was able to do a great work. When you're blinded by the pain, 
folks, when you yourselves, when you're blinded by the pain, God sees clearly. If we are to admit that God is in control. How can we say, or how can we say, he has forgotten me in the times of trial? If God is in control, how can we say that he's forgotten us? You see, as you look around the world today, and I'll tell you, you know, if you're not, if you're not involved in a Bible study, if you're not involved in a Revelation Bible study with me, and and you look at at the the coming the coming tribulation, and you look at how the world fits around this today, and you watch the way the world is going, when you watch where we're at, and and the churches today, rather than being an example to society, are examples of society. And as we come to the point where not only do we do this in our homes, but we also do it in the churches where we get rid of the Word of God and we don't preach from the Word of God. And when that happens, this world just keeps getting worse and worse and worse when it doesn't make any sense anymore. Are you saying, when you see this, Are you saying that God didn't expect this to happen? Folks, God expected every bit of it. And as we go through the book of Revelation in in Bible studies, it's obvious that in our darkest hours, that God shines the brightest. He really does. And we can know that, that through what is going on around us today, in the world today, that he's about to do some of his greatest work. Praise God. Folks, put your trust in Him. Flip over in your Bibles to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verses 3 through 6. And we'll close with this. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of this age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. And see, see that you are not troubled for trouble. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Folks, back 2,000 years ago almost, Jesus Christ told us of the world that we are living in today. And if God didn't expect it, you could say that he wasn't in control. But in all that you're seeing, in all that is going on in this earth, he is in control. Folks, you can't say it and not mean it. You can't say it and and think that we are alone because we are not. He is ours. We are his. We need to trust him 
in all that we're going through. All that we're going through in this earth and all that you're going through in your own personal life. Trust in Him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks in all that you are as our God to know that, that we aren't here alone, but that you are with us. Father, I pray for each heart that's here. I pray that, that in all that they're going through, personally, Father, that, that they will know that when things get dark, as they go through that tunnel in life, to know that that's not the time to jump, but to trust you and to know that you'll bring us through the other side. Father, we thank you for being our God and for loving us. And in all of this, we'll praise you in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.